Refresher, the pop culture therapy podcast. Once again, I am your host, Chris Levine, and I extend a huge welcome. We really appreciate you being here today. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to be talking about our memory, long-term memory, short-term memory, and everything in between. Why can we often remember obscure things, but forget really important things? How do some things stay etched on our brains while others just leave without a trace? Well, Hollywood has tackled this for years, especially in the extreme, especially in the concept of amnesia. Way back in 1936, there was a film that was released called Ticket to Paradise. And the basic plot is that a man is involved in a car accident and he loses his memory. Then there's 1951. There was a British thriller that was called The Black Widow where again, the lead character suffers from total memory memory loss. And and these are just two of tons of examples. I personally counted over 200 films down to this day that touch on some aspect of memory loss. Now, again, amnesia is extreme, of course, but memory and the lack of it affects all of us to one degree or another. Why so? Well, let's dive in here and find out. The website humanmemory.net tells us something both sad but also enlightening about this. It notes that the brain in general, and memory in particular, has a distinct negativity bias. What does that mean? It means that it pays more attention to and highlights unpleasant experiences. It goes on to say that the brain typically detects negative information faster than positive information, And the hippocampus specifically flags negative events to make doubly sure that such events are stored in our memory. So negative experiences leave an indelible trace in the memory, even when efforts are made to unlearn them. Now, on the one hand, I found this to be a little depressing. I mean, why so negative, right? But on the other hand, it's a little bit liberating. I say this because we as people are not always trying to remember the negative or the sad or the hurt. We're not being morbid necessarily. Our memory might just be pulling us there. Uh, The Cognition Today website also tells us that there are two levels of memory processing. Here's number one. Number one is shallow processing. Now, this is processing the sensory and perceptual features, things like size, shape, sound. Um, This process is called maintenance rehearsal because it it maintains the information it's perceived in its perceived form. So essentially, shallow processes, just the thing that we, we, we take the basic features, they stay in our minds. That's shallow processing. So number two, well, you probably guessed it is deep processing. That's understanding and analyzing the shallow processing, the information for its meaning, for its content, for its value, its context, its relationship to other things, stuff like that. Uh, This process is called elaboration rehearsal. 
So the first one was maintenance rehearsal, and this one is elaboration rehearsal. We process some things we process shallow, and some things we process deep. And the, the, the degree our memory hangs on to those things usually is because it falls into one of those categories or another. And, and I love how the Los Angeles Times handles all this. They had a great article called The Mystery of Memory. Why do we remember useless things forever while important ones vanish? Listen to how it starts. I'm going to read it to you directly. I like the way it was written. It says, you can recall everything that happened during prom night, but you can't remember where you left your keys last night. You check your watch. 15 seconds later, you can't remember what time it is. The image of grandma's cute little white house is vivid in your memory until you find a snapshot that shows that it wasn't a white house, it was a yellow house. And just when you figure your memory is shot, you recall with ease where you put the lawn rake three years ago. Human memory is a bewildering marvel capable of miraculous feats and frustrating failures. And you know what? This is very true. When I was younger, my music trivia skills were through the roof. They're not terrible now, but, but, but they were pretty sharp when I was younger. Any band, artist, record, it was all up there in my brain, ready to be verbalized at a moment's notice. But at the same time, I could get lost driving home from a place that I'd been to many times. I remember a relative used to tell me that I was an encyclopedia of useless information and that my knowledge and 50 cents wouldn't get me on a bus. But it really is amazing just why our minds do what they do and what they don't do when it comes to memory. And again, just to kind of reiterate the point, if something is shallow processing, we may not hold on to it. But for whatever reason, if something is deeply processed, it's something that we may hang on to. Uh, the LA Times article continued by saying that the brain is an unimaginable jumble of electrical circuits. Each of 10 billion brain cells connects with 50,000 others. One square millimeter of cortex, the crinkly surface dome of the brain, contains 80,000 brain cells, making it the most complex electronic circuit board on earth and you and i own one of those things it's right above our shoulders but but don't you find it wonderful that we have such a huge storehouse to pull from in our minds and and isn't it pretty cool when we forgot something but somebody else remembers it and then you remember it too or, or what about when you haven't thought about something for years but then when you do see it or hear a second of it, it all comes flooding back to you. During this pandemic, uh, we've had, as a family with some friends, some virtual happy hours over Zoom on online. And they're from all over the place, people in different countries even. And this last time we put together a kind of a name that tune game to play. Now, when my wife and I were putting it together, she made the comment, that it was crazy that she had forgotten some of the songs on the list even existed. But when she heard a second of them, she knew a lot of the words immediately. She knew all of the melodies instantly. Visually, this can happen too. When I was in my 20s, 
I made a collection of what I would call art films with my friends. Uh, one of them uh, put a few of the different films on a DVD for me years ago. And, and I found that DVD this past week, not looking for it. Now, other than noting how young we all looked, it was like I saw these things yesterday, frame by frame. My friends and I also made all the music for these things. And some of this music I hadn't heard for decades. But again, I knew all the words. I knew what was going to happen musically all along the way. Something else that's really interesting about memory is that we can block things out. That's a subject in itself. Uh, let me give you a personal example. You know how television shows, sometimes there's just those shows that you can watch over and over and over again, and in some strange way, they bring you comfort? I have a couple of those, but there was one that I always kind of found perplexing. For years, I could do that with the old match game that used to come on in the 70s. And it was obviously re rerun later. It still is now with the host's name was Gene Rayburn. I can watch to this day reruns of that show that I've seen a hundred times before, dozens and dozens of times, and it never got old. It still doesn't. I mention this though, because just like two years ago, I found myself talking to a relative and something came to light that I'm sure I buried somewhere along the way. I figured it all out. When I was a little kid, really small, before we moved to California, uh, we shared a two-story home in Lyndhurst, New Jersey with my maternal grandfather. Now, he had one floor of this place and my parents and I had the other floor of this place, separate you know, entries and so forth. Now, I remember my parents at the time would fight constantly, constantly. And when it would get really, really bad, I was sent to the other floor to hang out with my grandfather. This would have been like 1975-ish. I was little. And again, just recently, like a light switch that just turned itself on inside me, a memory hit me. My grandfather always had the match game on. His home was my refuge from the fighting, and part of the ambience was sitting next to him on his couch with the match game on. I was way too small to totally understand anything about what was happening on the television, but I saw that it made him happy. That made me happy. Now, he was Italian. By this time, he was a widow, and I was an only grandchild and an only grandson at that. So you could imagine, you know, the vibes I felt in his presence. I felt safe there. Here's my point. For years, if I was flipping channels and stumbled upon this mystical shag carpeted game show and saw Gene with the long microphone on a stick with the ball on top, uh, laughing with Brett Summers, Richard Dawson, and Charles Nelson Riley, for some reason I could never explain, I felt peaceful. Over 45 years later, I now understand why. It clicked. I get it. This show was part of the soundtrack to my safe place. But again, I only learned this through memory and through it being jarred by somebody else two years ago. 
The rest of the time, I was just drawn to this thing obsessively and had no idea exactly why. Let's wrap this one up this way. Our memory is such an amazing gift. We can learn from the bad ones and we can relish the good ones. And before we dismiss memory as being a problem because of the bad ones, really take a virtual walk with me and imagine if we did not have our memory at all. Every day, nothing from the day before, nothing from last month, last year, ever. You only have the present. Think of all you will not have learned. The zero amount of knowledge that would have stuck as you wouldn't be able to retain anything. Things that inspired you and that stuck with you and that have motivated you, gone at the end of the day. Now look, bad memories are no picnic. We're not pretending like they are. But memory in itself is an incredible thing. It's an incredible gift and tool. And remember that we need our good memories. We need the reminders. So whether we're cramming for a test the night before or whether someone tells us they love us, to whatever degree each of these things impacts us, it's all up there somewhere. And it all makes us, us. And isn't that just cool? We have once again arrived at the time on Refresher when we present you with a Spotify playlist that puts a little music to our theme. We have for you this time around a Refresher podcast, Memories Are Made of This playlist. You can find it really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast dash Memories Are Made of This playlist. So let's get into it. Track number one. An 80s anthem, Simple Minds, Don't You Forget About Me. Number two, 20% Amnesia is a song by Elvis Costello. I, I interviewed Steve Naive, which is keyboardist for El Elvis Costello and the Attractions, and he was a really well-spoken and really, really passionate guy. A great interview, uh, open and accommodating. I always appreciated that one. Number three, Remember Me by Tame Impala. Number four, You Can't Put Your Arms Around a Memory by Johnny Thunders. Number five is by Ivy, and it's the song I Think of You. Number six is Weary Memory by Iron and Wine. Number seven is the live version of Do You Recall by Journey. I interviewed their drummer too, Steve Smith. Uh, number eight Thinking of You by The Color Field. Number nine is Memory Lane, pretty song by Minnie Ripperton. And number 10, Think of Me with Kindness. Got a little prog going on this time by Gentle Giant off of their Octopus record. Again, you can find this playlist really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast, Memories Are Made of This. Hey, we always love to announce when new friends join us. This time around is no exception. From the last episode to this one, we now have new listeners in Omaha, Nebraska. Hello. As well as in both Thousand Oaks and Glendale, California. We are so happy you're here. Welcome to Refresher. Please continue to pass this podcast along to your friends, especially if you think it'll help them in some way. We cover a lot of territory and a lot of intimate subjects, and if you think that that'll be good for someone or just good to keep them company, 
Let them know we're here. Also, if you'd like to help keep this podcast stay up and running, if you would like, you could make a small monthly contribution. Just see the support this podcast link under the episode description. If you are so inclined, that would be great. But whether you do or whether you don't, just please feel free to listen and enjoy anytime. No obligation. Just enjoy it. As always, the music that begins and ends this podcast is by the band Dive. The song is called A Day Late, and it was written by Mr. John Villafuerte. Until next time, this is Chris Levine for Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. Everyone, please do me a favor and take care and do yourself a favor and remember that there's a big difference between worry and concern. We'll see you next time. Thank you.